Tremor can be a sign of many different disorders. What should you think about when your patient has a tremor? Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt, Director of Foothill Psychiatry in Boise, Idaho, your host. And with me today is Dr. Joseph Jankovic, Professor of Neurology and Director of the Parkinson's Disease Center and Movement Disorders Clinic at Baylor College of Medicine in Houston, Texas. Welcome to ReachMD. Thank you. Thank you for having me and giving me the opportunity to talk about tremor, the most common movement disorder. Now, Dr. Jankovic, I think I know what tremor is, but why don't you give us the definition, please? Well, tremor can be defined as an oscillatory movement around a joint. It can affect any part of the body. Typically, it involves the, the hands and the arms, but it may involve the head, uh, jaw, tongue, legs. Any part of the body can be involved. We divide tremors into two major categories, rest tremor, tremor that occurs while the individual is at rest, and then action tremor, and the action tremor can be subdivided into postural tremor, tremor that occurs when the individual is holding the limb against gravity in a posture, or a kinetic tremor, uh, which occurs during a movement such as the finger-to-nose maneuver. Isn't tremor just a normal consequence of aging, and don't some people just have tremor naturally? Well, that's one of the many misconceptions about uh, tremor. I believe that when individuals have tremor at any age, uh, even if they live till they are 120 years old, that tremor is abnormal. There is no such a thing as a senile tremor, a tremor that is uh, just a consequence of aging. Another misconception is that everybody who is under stress should shake. And I believe that not everyone who is under stress shakes, although patients can develop enhanced physiologic tremor, when they are under stress. But the vast majority of patients who shake, even when they are under stress, probably do have a condition called essential tremor, which is by far the most common cause of tremors. When does tremor typically develop in a patient? Well, it depends which kind of tremor. So this enhanced physiological tremor can occur at any age. It is often brought on by, by stress or by certain drugs such as bronchodilators or low glucose. But most of the patients we see in our clinic who are referred to us for tremor, have essential tremor, and essential tremor can start uh, at any age. There are two peaks for age of onset, one around uh, 10 or 12 years of age, and the second around 50 or 60 years of age. Oh, so even in children you see essential tremor? Absolutely, yes. So does it typically last forever, or does it get better with time? No, essential tremor, once it occurs, uh, is a persistent disorder. It uh, it is most likely uh, autosomal dominant genetic uh, disorder, Typically, at least one parent is affected. So in the vast majority of patients with essential tremor, uh, we find family history involving at least one parent and often many siblings. Now, when I think of essential tremor, I personally think of Katherine Hepburn. Is that accurate? Well, Katherine Hepburn probably did have essential tremor. She also had a condition that is frequently associated with essential tremor, namely dystonia. She had involuntary turning of the head, not just oscillation of the head, and those two conditions, essential tremor and dystonia, frequently coexist. Oh, I don't know that I've ever noticed her dystonia. Any movies we can watch to, to see her dystonia? Well, on Golden Pond, that's uh, oh. Movie, I think, illustrates her tremor quite well. Oh, okay. Well, that's good homework for everybody out there. Now, what is the epidemiology of tremor? How many people does it affect? Most of the epidemiological studies focused on uh, the age group of 60 and above. And in that population, about 14 to 15 percent of patients, of individuals, have essential tremor. It's a very common disorder in that population. 
Um, if you look at the general population, the frequency is uh, somewhere around one or two percent. But certainly, um, sexual tremor is age-related, and uh, the frequency of the tremor increases with age. Is there any gender difference? No, uh, sexual tremor does not discriminate. What causes tremor? Well, we believe that's a genetic disorder, but how the gene causes uh, the abnormal physiologic disturbance in the brain is really not known. Even though that's, this is probably the most common genetic movement disorder, we still don't have a gene for sexual tremor. Mm. We have six loci, genetic loci, that have been identified, but unfortunately no uh, gene has yet been cloned. Mm-hmm. How do you see tremor misdiagnosed? Again, mostly misdiagnosed because uh, people attribute it to stress or aging, and they don't realize that uh, essential tremor is a specific neurologic disorder. So that is probably the most common misdiagnosis. Now, many patients with essential tremor find that alcohol makes their tremor better, and consciously or subconsciously, they start drinking more, and as a result, uh, some become alcoholic. And then the tremor is later attributed to their alcohol mm-hmm. consumption rather than the other way around. Many patients with essential tremor start with essential tremor and then become alcoholics because of the observation that alcohol improves their tremor. Hmm. Are there any tests that can help us make a correct diagnosis? We don't have a blood test for essential tremor. Of course, conditions such as Wilson's disease need to be excluded because Wilson's disease can cause tremor that is uh, phenomenologically uh, similar to essential tremor. But the diagnosis is based on uh, clinical observation of a tremor that has about 4 to 12 hertz frequency and family history, response to alcohol. Those are some of the uh, features that we use in diagnosing essential tremor. So that's a great question. Does your tremor go away when you drink? Yes. Now, what kind of treatments do we have available? Well, alcohol obviously is not uh, as a treatment. Uh, <laughs> Two although, shots of Jack Daniels every uh, hour. <laughs> right, right. Uh, some patients use it that way, but we try to discourage them from, from doing that. The two drugs that are most uh, frequently used for central tremor are primidone, uh, mycelin, and propranolol or indirol. Those are two drugs that have been found to be most effective uh, for the treatment of essential tremor. Uh, there are other d- drugs, including some of the new anti-epileptic drugs uh, that may be useful, such as uh, gabapentin, pregabalin, topomax. Uh, those are drugs that already have been demonstrated to improve essential tremor. Botulinum toxin, Botox treatment, uh, injection of the forearm muscles uh, can significantly improve uh, mm. essential tremor. When it involves the voice, we even inject the vocal cords with Botox. Head tremor also is effectively treated with Botox in the neck muscles. But in patients who are troubled or disabled by their tremor, despite the optimal medical therapy, deep brain stimulation is clearly the most effective uh, treatment. We target the thalamus in, in, in patients who have severe essential tremor. Thalamic stimulation could be extremely effective. If you've just joined us, you're listening to ReachMD, XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt, your host, and with me today is Dr. Joseph Jankovic. We are discussing how to manage tremor. Now, I'm curious, if alcohol works to help tremor, I would think that benzodiazepines would as well. Well, benzodiazepines may play an ancillary role in the treatment of uh, tremor. For example, alprazolam or Xanax might be helpful in patients who notice that uh, stress markedly exacerbates their essential tremor, so uh, we often prescribe that medication, just like we prescribe propranolol in situations where stress can exacerbate uh, the tremor. So 
I think propranolol is probably a more effective drug against stress-induced exacerbation of a central tremor. Uh, but some patients cannot take in propranolol, and uh, for those patients, the benzodiazepines might be quite useful. Now, propranolol, of course, to a psychiatrist, we worry about it precipitating depression and worry about some of the sedation. Is there a way around that? Well, certainly propranolol can cause sedation and fatigability and sexual dysfunction. But in contrast to common belief, a meta-analysis of indoral treatment for cardiac conditions did not show that indoral causes depression. So I'm not sure that uh, indoral really uh, is definitely linked to depression. And I must say I use indoral a lot in my practice. And I have very, very few patients that I can clearly say that indoral exacerbated or caused their depression. Oh, that's reassuring. Now, do you use the shorter-acting form of propranolol or the long-acting form? I usually start on the short-acting, particularly if the patients want to use it PRN, but majority of the patients require it on a daily basis, and then I switch them to long-acting indoral, like indoral ADLA or 120LA. What dose might you start with the shorter-acting? 20 milligrams uh, BID or TID PRN. What's the highest dose you'll go for treating tremor? I rarely go beyond 240 milligrams, and studies have shown that if you don't get a satisfactory response uh, at 120 to 240 milligrams, that you will probably not get additional improvement with higher dose. I'm assuming that that's where you start is propranolol when you're treating essential tremor? Yes. In most cases, I use propranolol as the first drug unless uh, there are some contraindications such Mm -hmm. as asthma, congestive heart failure. In those patients, uh, I may start with uh, primidone or mycelin, uh, starting at a very, very small dose, 50 milligram tablet, half a tablet every night for one week, one tablet every night for one week, and then gradually build it up to one tablet twice a day or three times a day. Again, I rarely go beyond 100 milligrams uh, three times a day. Have you ever had the case of treating patients that occupationally just couldn't tolerate a tremor? So I think of a neurosurgeon, a tremor would be a bad thing, or perhaps a piccolo player. Do you see that sort of thing? Absolutely. There is a variant of essential tremor that we refer to as task-specific tremor or primary handwriting tremor. These patients have no tremor at all when you examine them, but when they try to write, for example, they develop a very severe tremor. I see a lot of surgeons and dentists uh, who have no tremor except doing a particular position of the hand during a procedure when they develop uh, the tremor. So task-specific tremor uh, is an important variant uh, of uh, essential tremor. Another variant of essential tremor is called orthostatic tremor. This is a tremor that occurs only when the individuals are standing. And these patients do not complain of tremor. They complain of inability to stand. You know, one of my patients, for example, first noticed uh, the tremor when he was standing next to his daughter at a wedding. And perhaps because of the excitement, he noticed that his whole body started to shake and he actually had to sit down and subsequently noted that whenever he would stand just for maybe two or three minutes, he would then develop this tremor of the legs and trunk as a result of which he would have to sit down. So autostatic tremor is an important variant of essential tremor. So now other than medication or possibly Botox injections or in severe cases, deep brain stimulation, any other sort of rehab or treatments that are available? Well, I think the most important aspect of treatment is to educate the patient, make sure that they don't consume alcohol in excess, but there's really no physical therapy that I know of that would help essential tremor. Now, is a tremor something that primary care physicians should be diagnosing and treating? I think it's such a common condition that primary care physicians should certainly be aware of essential tremor and be able to recognize it and perhaps treat it when it's mild. 
But when it's disabling and does not respond to propranolol or primidone, uh, I think those patients should definitely be referred to movement disorder specialists. Any sources of information for physicians wanting to learn more about tremor? Well, the umbrella organization for essential tremor is the International Tremor Research Foundation, and they provide regular information. And also, WeMove, uh, which is an educational organization, uh, has a lot of information on WeMove.org. And there's also some information about uh, tremor on my website, jankovic.org. Great. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. Well, thank you very much. We've been discussing tremor with Baylor neurologist and movement disorder specialist, Dr. Joseph Jankovic. Again, for further information, you can check out the internet with wemove, W-E-M-O-V-E dot org, or Dr. Jankovic's website, J-A-N-K-O-V-I-C dot org. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, please send your emails to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.